All right, we have a great episode of Side Retired, the MLB podcast coming at you today. We're continuing our positional breakdowns, doing third base today. Our top 10 third baseman, James, Jack, and I will get right into this. Let's cue the intro music, and here we go. Hello and welcome to this edition of Side Retired, the MLB podcast. It is Dylan joined alongside James and Jack as always. And today we're doing our top 10 third baseman in the league. I can't believe pitchers and catchers are reporting in just around three weeks from now. The Giants have been eliminated from the playoffs, which means that Jack is now entirely in baseball mode. We are excited and ready to go. James, Jack, how are you guys doing? Baseball season, yeah, as you mentioned, it's getting closer and closer. I think pitchers and catchers are really, in terms of our lives, nothing really changes. You get to see some videos, some workouts. Um, players show up. They have, you know, more formal practices. I know several players are already at their destinations. But the, the date really just means, that, as you mentioned, we're getting closer and closer to baseball season. Start getting inter-squad inner professional scrimmages, getting professionally televised games, opening day only being uh, about, you know, a month and a half away from that point. So it is, as you mentioned, getting closer and closer. So anticipation is surely building for the 2023 season. And of course, the MLB Hall of Fame announcement is coming out this week on Tuesday. So make sure if you haven't yet, check out our recent episode with the president of the Baseball Hall of Fame, Josh Rawich, a lot of career advice as well as behind the scenes as to how that whole process works. Let's go to our third base for now. Before we get into this, James, we'll do the same format as always. James, you run from your 10 to 1. Jack, you run from your 10 to 1, and I'll do the same. And then we'll get into actual player breakdowns. But James, get us started and kick us off. Yeah, at number 10, I have Key Ryan Hayes. Uh, number 9, DJ LeMayu. Number 8, Anthony Rendon. Number 7, Matt Chapman. Number 6, Rafael Devers. Number 5, Austin Riley. Number 4, Alex Bregman. Number 3, Manny Machado. Number 2, Jose Ramirez. And number 1, Nolan Arenado. Jack, take it away with yours. Actually, I'll preface saying I have the exact same one through six as James in order, which is a kind of a kind of actually, no, that's not true. Never mind. Five and six are swapped for us. But my top 10, I have Rendon at 10, Key Brian Hayes at nine, Matt Chapman eight, Yandi Diaz at seven, Austin Riley at six, Rafael Devers at five, Alex Bregman at four, Manny Machado three, Jose Ramirez two, and Nolan Arenado at number one. And then I'll go, I have Chapman at 10, Rendon at 9. My two unique ones are Max Muncy at 8 and Justin Turner at 7. And then we've got Bregman, Riley, Devers, Arenado at 3, Jose Ramirez at 2, and Machado at number 1. And I think, Jack, you just made this point, so I'll come to you first. The clear thing about third base is that there is this elite 6, and it's really hard to differentiate between them because I don't think... You have Arenado at one. I have Machado at one. You have Aaron or you have Machado at three. I have Arenado at three. There's sort of this interchangeability between these top players. And I don't think there's an overall like evilness or thinking if someone has Ramirez one that they're just bad at baseball. I think the big thing would have been if you didn't have this consistent six at the top. So break us through how you were able to differentiate between having a guy like Riley at one or at six versus an Arenado at one. I don't think the discrepancy is as big as other positions where your six is definitely worse than your number one. The offensive ability, I thought, for all uh, all these guys was, you know, pretty comparable. Maybe some slight edges. Riley led the group in X-Woba um, and versus uh, Machano led them in WRC+. You can see, you know, how that could carry over to next year. 
but just the overall, you know, the bat, you know, third bases, like its fellow corner and field spot is known for being a bat first heavy position. But then with these, some of these guys, Arenado, Ramirez, um, Machado, you can see some also glove work as well. So oh, I thought Arenado embodied both sides perfectly. Um, that's why I think, I assume James is going to echo some of these thoughts. He just, he's outstanding on the glove overall, the second best defensive uh, third baseman by defensive run save and outs above average. This past year won his, I believe, his fifth platinum glove. That's too many to count at this point. Meanwhile, also came in second in war among all third basemen, Ohio Machado with 7.3, a MVP finalist, 293, 358, uh, 533 slash line. Just overall brought the whole picture together and is going to be one of the core foundational cornerstones for the Cardinals lineup. And second, I had Ramirez. Um, Ramirez, you know, he kind of had a slightly worse year, uh, year than Manny. I just think that uh, Ramirez is due for more of a bounce back next year in terms of who's going to be projected higher next year. Um, you know, Fangraph Steamer agrees with my assessment. They have actually have Ramirez as being the number one, slightly over an edge to the you know, hundredth decimal place in terms of war over an Arenado. But for that, it's just other that holistic picture. He also adds a base running component that kind of is, um, you know, isn't really brought by any of the other third basemen in this elite six. Then you have Machado, who's been a top ten ball player the past couple of years offensively with the best this past year not as good defensively as the previous two guys but still excellent then Bregman I think is probably the best overall bat maybe not as high with the glove um certainly has the potential to be number one on this list but with those other you know not in that um overall five tools kind of behind those those three aforementioned guys why I had him at number four then Devers Riley are two almost bat entirely no really glove um Devers slightly better defensively and I think also offensively I can have the slight edge, just I think his overall hit tool. Um, you know, he seemed I recall specifically one against Garrett Cole, in which it was he tortured him that one night, but it was even a fantastic pitch on the inside corner. He still Devers is able to drive it and turn on it very quickly for a home run. So certainly an elite to hit tool there, while the Red Sox felt the need to lock him up. But as you mentioned, those six guys certainly have to be your top six. Um, and I would say my order for the most part, I would argue against. Um, some of the variances, I would say certainly Arenado Ramirez, top two. Um, the top four, I don't think I would stray away from that. And certainly um, Riley Devers, I think you're five, six, just out of that lack of glove that they have compared to those other guys. I think the key thing to look at with these guys, and obviously they're all really great players. It wouldn't shock any of us if any of one through six end up winning an MVP award. When you look at these top six, and maybe this is just me, I think all of them, we've seen the best possible outcomes for them except for Rafael Devers. I think there's a decent chance that we, and we haven't yet seen this, a 40 home run season out of Rafael Devers, a 45 home run season out of Rafael Devers. Bogarts is gone from the order, which means that Devers is now the only big bat in Boston, which means he's going to get some pitches to hit. And when he does, it wouldn't shock me. You just said we mentioned back in 2017 when he was a rookie and back when Araldis Chapman was really good. I still go back to that at bat. And yes, it's five years later when he turned around, what was it, 100, 101 mile an hour fastball from a lefty, one of the toughest in the game. Rafael Devers is a really good baseball player. And the Red Sox obviously saw that and gave him a massive $300 million contract to back that up. One through six is very interesting because Bregman, as you just mentioned, is your number four. He's my number six, not because he's bad at baseball. It's just because the other guys seem to be doing everything just a slight bit better than him. And Jose Ramirez, I really want to put the spotlight on because he's a really good baseball player in Cleveland. 
We saw it in the playoffs this year. He's basically, that offense goes as far as Jose Ramirez goes. He's underrated defensively. Most people, when you look at defense at this position, you think Machado, you think Arenado. You're now starting to think Cabrian Hayes, who we'll get to in a second. Jose Ramirez is really good as well defensively. James, I think you're back with us. So if you want to take us through the quick explanation of how you ordered your one through six. Yeah, so, I mean, Nolan Arenado, I mean, he's won the gold glove every year. He's been in the big leagues. Um, continued that trend last year. You know, won, uh, I believe, his fourth platinum glove in a row, mm-hmm. or fourth platinum glove in general. Um, I mean, he's elite. I mean, that addition of Paul Goldschmidt to that lineup has really allowed him to free up his bat. I think, you know, just something he never had at cores was, you know, you, you can't just pitch around him now. You really have to attack him, that stacked Cardinals lineup. Um, I think we'll see similar production again next year. I mean, he's, he's showed no signs of slowing down. And then Ramirez, I mean, I think you could arguably say he's the best hitter at the position. Hits well from both sides. I mean, just an excellent ball player. I think if he had a little bit more help in Cleveland, um, he'd be even better. Um, Machado, I mean, looked like he was on an MVP pace, had that a uh, little, little, had a little hiccup around the halfway point last year, but was still um, amazing. Still plays fantastic defense. Still, obviously, top three shortstop in the game, or sorry, sorry third baseman in the game. Uh, and then I had Bregman at four. I mean, Bregman really got off to a slow start, start, but his second half in postseason was just absolutely incredible this past year. Um, you know, he's not an excellent defender, but he's definitely going to make all the routine plays. Um, and I mean, the, the dude can just flat out rake. No, real, no real other way to put it. Um, I had Riley at five. Um, I still like him, young player. Uh, I had him at one heading into last season. Didn't put up those same same sort of MVP uh, case kind of numbers he had in 2021. Uh, but I still think he's an excellent player, and the Braves got him for a bargain. Uh, if you look at the price of all these other – the contracts all these other players uh, are on. Uh, and then number six, Rafael Devers. Uh, the only reason I have him that low is because he just cannot play defense. Um, that's really the only knock you can ha- you have on Rafael Devers. He's an unbelievable hitter. Um, I watch him torch the Yankees many a times a year. Um, you know, I was kind of think Dylan and Jack remember how I was talking about how I wanted him to be a Yankee, and I was saying future Yankee Rafael Devers, hoping the Red Sox wouldn't extend him. Uh, unfortunately, they did. Uh, but I have him at number six on my list. Alrighty, and then I will also mention quickly the two guys that we both have, or that all three of us have on our list, and that's Anthony Rendon and Matt Chapman, who are really different pillars and different players completely. When you look at Anthony Rendon, we've seen with the Washington Nationals a couple years ago, he has the potential to be in this elite tier with these top six guys. The only problem is health, and with the Los Angeles Angels, he has not been able to do that at all or stay consistently healthy and be on the field for them. I believe he only played around 30 games this last season with them. Rendon, when he's playing, is really healthy and is really good. Thus, we still found room for him. I believe I had him at 9. I believe, Jack, you had him at 10. And James, you had him at 8. So sort of in that same range, bottom of the list, have to include him. Although I think if he gets injured again this season, misses significant time, we'll knock him off the list. And then if he does well, then all of a sudden you're going to have him up towards that top ranking. Same with Matt Chapman. Not known for his bat, but did really well. I believe he had a weighted runs created plus of around 115, 116 this year, which is 15% above league average. He also did really well defensively, as always. So Matt Chapman is one of those guys that all three of us also fit onto our list. One guy, Jack, that you were all alone on, and that is Yandy Diaz, who you had as high as number seven. Ahead of those two guys that I just mentioned, what makes Yandy stand out for you specifically? Kind of going to a separate tier following that, like, core six. 
You know, you have Devers and Riley or elite bat first guys and kind of not really on the glove. Um, you know, if you look at this past year alone, Yande Diaz really had a an elite all-star level offensive season with no defense. He just doesn't have that kind of reputation and uh, multiple seasons of top-of-the-line success that Devers and Riley have. Um, this past year, he slashed 396, 401, 423, you know, a, a Woba in the 360s. Uh, an award near four, a 146 WRC plus, so just an overall an all-star caliber year. On top of that, he walks more than he strikes out with a 14% clip at walking and um, you know, near around 10% clip strikeouts. Um, really not much power to go with his bat, though. Uh, only nine home runs in his near 140 games played. He doesn't chase many pitches, an average contact rate, really lead, not great defense, zero on um, defensive rough saves and outs above average. So there's kind of that. It's kind of holding him back from entering that kind of elite tier. Um, some of those other guys you mentioned, uh, I know Matt Chapman, I think I assume we're going to talk about more. Kip Ryan Hayes, kind of defensive glove first guys. Chapman had a plus offensive season this past year. I just value the bat more than the glove and just seeing how Yandy B has really put it together. He's with the Rays organization who really maximizes the talent out of all their players. Um, if he gets a full season of Wander Franco behind him, that's only going to add more to his offensive his alpha, offensive output. So we just, I'd project continuous good things from Yandy Diaz and hopefully build on success for this next coming year. On top of that, Fangraphs also projection, projects him to be in the top 10 third baseman. And that includes Gunnar Henderson, um, who we have as a shortstop previously mentioned in the last episode. So if you remove him from the equation, they also have him as seven on the list, the exact spot I had him online. James, take it away with another guy on your list that none of us had, but I'm sure Jack and I both struggled to try to get him on at the bottom, and that is DJ LeMay, who, who you ranked at number nine. Yeah, DJ had a little bit of uh, kind of some injury issues, just some nagging stuff uh, kind of towards the end of last season. Still won the Gold Glove Award. Um, yes, it was not at third base, but I mean, I don't think he he can play anywhere on the infield, really. Uh, he's an excellent defender. Um, the bat kind of has dropped off from that 2019-2020 production. Uh, I can't lie, uh, but he still gets on base at a good level. Um, I think if he can find that that stroke from 2020, 2019 again, he could easily be a 280, 290 hitter, um, hit about 15, 15 to 18 balls out the ballpark. You know, he's a great leadoff piece for the Yankees, uh, a guy who just knows knows how to hit the ball where it's pitched. Um, and, you know, he's, he's a reliable glove and a guy you can put anywhere in the infield. Uh, we're considering him a third baseman. Uh, but I think his versatility um, is just something that you have to quantify or, you know, when, when you look at him as a complete player, uh, he can play really anywhere on the infield. And it also seems like Yankee Stadium in particular for him is a really good ballpark, a really good environment for him to be hitting in. I think in a similar way, that's why I had Justin Turner at number seven on my list. Yes, there you want him to play third base technically, but however, looking at the Boston Red Sox, you've got like Rafael Devers. So Turner's likely going to split time between first base and DH. However, for the sake of this list, we're keeping Justin Turner as a third baseman just because we're not doing a top 10 DH list and because we're not 100% sure if he can actually play first base. When you look at Turner's numbers objectively as a member of the Los Angeles Dodgers last year, he's the third highest weighted runs created plus in baseball since July 1st. He also is the third highest average in baseball since 2020, which, yes, is a three-year sample size. Everyone compiling this list, I've looked at consistency of players over the past couple of seasons when looking at all of these positions we've done so far. So I do have to remain consistent with that and continue to look at a year's past in order to project for the future. When you look at a guy like Max Muncy, who I've had at number eight on my list, he's the third highest walk rate in baseball last year. Now he did have a Cody Ballinger type season, which he hit, I believe, 196. However, looking at the same thing I've done with the other positions, 
track record over one bad season. We've seen countless Major League Baseball players have a bad season and then completely bounce back. Justin Turner and Max Muncy both underperformed a little bit, and you could argue they are old. There's a chance this is just the decline for them, which I completely understand if you're not going to put them on your list. And obviously, Jack and James didn't. I'm just not willing to put a curtain on either of those guys just yet. I think there's a decent chance they both back back. Justin Turner will now not have to play third base every single day as he can now DH in Boston. He can also pepper fly balls off that left field green monster, sit on first base nice and pretty. I wouldn't be shocked. And here's my Justin Turner prediction. He hits 300 next year with ease. He also is going to be in a strong contention for the all-star game. I don't know. Looking at this third base position is really tough, but I think Justin Turner could be an all-star in 2023. Dodgers are going to regret losing him because I know they've gotten Miguel Rojas to fix that hole in their infield, but Justin Turner is a presence that the Los Angeles Dodgers are going to be missing. I know neither of you have him in your top 10, but I'm just going to keep Justin Turner there as my solid number seven. James or Jack, you guys both had Cabrian Hayes on your list, whichever one of you wants to dig into quickly him before we get into the other list submitted to us by our listeners and by our club ambassadors. If any of you want to take on Cabrian Hayes. Yeah, uh, I can talk about him. I mean, um, he's just a premier defender at the third base position. Um, arguably the best. I think you could say him and Arenado are, are both 1A, one, one 1B one uh, at the position. If it wasn't for Arenado, he easily would have won gold glove and the platinum glove uh, in the National League. Um, you know, the only knock on him is his inability to hit. You know, just an 87 OPS plus last year. A 314 OBP, 345 slugging percentage, which is a 659 OPS overall. Um, but you know, the Pirates were quick to give him an extension. I think they, I believe they gave him a six year or like a six or seven year, $80 million extension uh, prior to last season, which is, you know, a really rare move you, you see made by a team that's rebuilding still like the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, so they see a lot of potential in him, and I do too. I mean, the guy makes unbelievable plays at third base. Um, if he could just find, I don't know, league average, uh, maybe one, 100, 105, 110 OPS plus season next year, uh, I think that's easily enough to make him crack the top 10 uh, overall for third, the third base position. All righty, let's continue with our segment that we do at the end of all these episodes. Thank you again for submitting your list. And next us we'll do is left fielder. So at side retired pod on Twitter, on Instagram, if you want your list to be featured. The segment we continue to do is the words shake or rake. Obviously, if you don't like the decision, Jack and James, you're going to say shake. And obviously, if you do like the decision, you're going to say rake. The first thing we're going to go with that Alec Bohm is a top 10 third baseman in baseball. Plain and simple, shake or rake. Uh, shake. I don't think I think he's in the top 15, but he's definitely not top 10. Jack, I'm also going to go shake just because I think we talked about I have already have my list. There's guys I like, you know, Max Muncy, as you mentioned, is exceptionally high expected weighted on base average, which is tangible one, which should be reflected in the uh, the banning of the shift this next year. Um, you talked about DJ LeMayu, and there's certainly other guys. Um, Hayes kind of projects as like league average bat. I don't know how the Hayes um, Bohm projects as like a league average bat. You know, he talks about why he hates playing in Philadelphia so much because he had defensive miseries. So it, it seems like it's going to, that's also going to hold him back. So there's really not much, not, and besides the fact he also strikes out four times as much as he walks. So not really a ton going on there to have him in uh, the top 10, uh, 10 top, top 10 spots. And in the playoffs, he did say he now loves it in Philadelphia. So remains to be seen what happens there in Philly with Alec Bohm. We have three guys that we're going to tie together. 
that don't have a ton of major league experience. But we had one of our club ambassadors, Nico Fernandez, said that uh, Josh Jung is going to be a top 10 third baseman in 2023. But I'm going to group them together to say Josh Jung, Twins Jose Miranda, and Mets Brett Beatty. Are any of those three guys going to crash the party this upcoming season? Uh, I think Josh Jung could definitely be a name that, that crashes the party. He's an incredible bat. Um, you know, it'll be interesting interesting to see if how he fits. I think he's coming off an injury. So uh it'll be interesting to see how that how that plays out, but I think he could definitely crash the party. Uh Jung is also yeah, dealing with injury, former top prospect projects around league average offensively. I'll go with Beatty, um, kind of playing into the steamer, uh steamer projections, fan graphs. They're uh, their high takes on rookies. He's projected to be uh, 20 points better than the league average. Um, you know, limited playing time as of right now. They currently have him only playing 11, uh, playing 23 games at the, the major league level. I assume that's yet. I mean, I don't like the Mets have officially said whether or not he's going to be on the major league roster to start the season. It'll probably be finalized towards the end of spring training. But for now, it seems like his bat last year, he had some brief success. Um, kind of a much higher expected stats than his result-based ones. I think that'll play over the course of a larger season. So if there's anyone out of those guys you just mentioned, I'd say it's Brett Beatty. And I'll round out the three by saying Jose Miranda because the Twins traded away Luis Arias this upcoming or this past week, which means they obviously have a lot of confidence in Miranda now being the everyday third baseman. Jorge Polanco switches over to second base. So it's a really interesting dynamic happening in the Twins. Locker room, Jose Miranda getting a lot of trust. We'll quickly go th- through these three names that David Halpert, our mystery man, said are all top 10 third basemen. Eugenio Suarez, Eduardo Escobar, and Ryan McMahon were 8, 9, and 10 on his list. Do any of these three deserve any consideration, James? I mean, m- maybe Suarez, if he has. Uh, I don't know if he finds a way to not strike out 200 times. Uh I can't really, I mean, <laughs> let me just go look at the numbers from that. I mean, I, I never even really considered him. I mean, he did hit 30 homers last year. I mean, I guess if you found a way to hit 40 somehow next year, uh, I think you'd have to definitely take a look at him. Uh, but, yeah, I I don't think any of those names uh, really crossed my mind when I was looking at my top 10. Jack? Escobar and McMahon kind of, um, you know, both uh, not really great seasons there, both of you know, project to be around league average, so nothing really strikes you as top 10 third baseman. Um, Suarez had kind of an underrated season this past year, a, uh, a 131 WRC plus, while the average really isn't where you want it to be, a 332 OBP and 459 slugging certainly bodes well. Um, Kind of projects actually not t- t- really favorably, so marginally better than, uh, than Escobar or McMahon, so I wouldn't really take him be leagues better than those guys, but if there's anyone out of those three, I would go with uh, Suarez, who I think finally lost his uh, the long reigning stat of most home runs since 2018. Seems like Aaron Judge finally uh, eclipsed that title from him, but really none of those guys, I would say, kind of have the uh, the pedigree to be top 10 caliber players. And of course, again, if you want to submit your left fielders list, let us know at Side Retired Pod on Twitter, on Instagram, for what it's worth. Chris Bryant was not considered a third baseman. He's considered in left field. So we'll discuss his candidacy and his potential rebound on next week's episode. Of course, we have a couple of great interviews lined up for this week. Hall of Fame announcement on Tuesday. And of course, with all these third basemans, you definitely want to check them out at a ballpark near you this upcoming season, which you can do so if you go to SeatGeek.com and use the promo code SideRetiredPod in all capitals. You'll get $20 off your first order. 
So if you're in City Field and you want to go see Brett Beatty break out as a rookie, as Jack just projected, or if you're in San Diego and you want to see the top third baseman in baseball, according to me, and get Manny Machado tickets, or if you're like James and you want to go see a guy like Jose Ramirez rake in Cleveland, at Side Retired Pod, use Side Retired Pod in all capitals for $20 off your first order on SeatGeek.com. All right, boys, I think we did a good one. Nice little reunion episode. We will be back next week, the three of us doing top 10 left fielders. Probably a Hall of Fame instant reaction episode will come out for you either Tuesday night or Wednesday morning and a great interview coming out on Friday. So unless there's anything else either of you two want to throw in. All righty, until the next time, the side is retired.